Today, uh, I wanted to continue our series. We're talking about being spiritually healthy. And we started off this year being spiritually healthy because over the last couple of years, it's been a rocky road. Our spiritual health has kind of been all over the place. Where do we put our faith? What are we standing on? What, what's, our, what's our common ground? What is our firm foundation in life? And so um, I don't know about you, but uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs. And if we're not spiritually healthy, we just kind of get attracted to anything that's in front of us. But today I want to just invite each one of you, and I'm going to say it at the very end, is that Jesus wants to be your firm foundation today. He wants, to, he wants you to place both feet in him and to trust him with your life. But Jesus is in competition with a lot of things in life, isn't he? There's a lot of other things that want to be our foundation and try to be that fake foundation. We find out it's shifting sand and, and moves, doesn't it? I would say relationships is one of them where we put all of our effort and all of our energy and throw, go totally in on a relationship. And then we just kind of like, man, when relationships fail, we're sitting there picking up the pieces. When we put all our emphasis on relationships. I think even marriage, you know, God never intended us to satisfy completely another person. Jesus is the only one that can satisfy He's the only one that can fulfill that void, but we get married, and then we're just kind of like life gets busy. We're all in on marriage, but then when things don't work out, when she's not satisfying, when he's not satisfying that void that we have to be filled, then uh, we, we find ourselves on shifting sands, and there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of arguments. Has anyone else been there before? I've been married for 20 years, and um, I can't be everything to Amy. She, I can't, but Jesus can. He can love her the way that she needs to be loved. So even marriage. I've I uh, been to some weddings where God's not even invited into the wedding at all, where it's, there's, no, there's no conversation about God. There's, there's nothing having to do with God in the wedding. It's all about the happy couple. Well, what happens when the couple's not happy? <laughs> what happens is it's really, really hard if all of our emphasis and all of our energy is into that marriage succeeding and us being happy together. It doesn't always work out that way. We need Jesus at the core of our marriage. We need him at the center. The last thing that um, I personally deal with that's in competition with putting Jesus and being both feet in and Jesus over everything in life is, is my performance. I want to be better. I want to move forward. I want to expand. I, I feel called to these things, and so I just start going after them. I get really busy, and I forget about the one that called me into it. And so, you know, people start saying, like, you're doing a really good job, and you're doing great, and look at how good you are at this, or whatever it may be, or how amazing you're doing. But then, you know, have, does anyone realize that not everybody likes you? I mean, I think uh, not everyone likes you. And um, I just came to this conclusion the other night. Um, I play guitar for Ariel's band, the, my daughter, and uh, play, play guitar for her. Well, once in a while, she'll hand the microphone off to me, and she'll say, because she played for four hours. So it's like, uh, we're, I'm going to have my dad, Neil, sing a song. And so I sang the song, and Amy was sitting there, and there was a table behind us. 
And at the table behind us, they said, uh, we made it through about the very first verse of the song that I'm singing now. And they go, that's about enough of that Neil guy. (laughs) They got up and left. Not so good. Not everybody likes me. I came to that conclusion the other night. That was just Friday. Just finally realized it. Not everybody's going to like me. But if we're so wrapped up in what people say, man, our life is all over the place. It's just, there's, <laughs> we're just, we're everywhere, aren't we? And so today I want to talk about having Jesus as your firm foundation, him as the core of your life. The Bible has some amazing news for us in Ephesians 2, and so we're going to be in Ephesians 2, 14 and uh, just look at what it looks like to have Jesus as our cornerstone, as our centerpiece of life. Would you guys pray with me? And then let's just jump right into this. Lord, we just invite you into this moment, into, into everything that's happening here. Have your way, God. Just pray, Lord, that you would just remove distractions that are trying to keep us uh, occupied with something else. And so like any busyness from our week or anything that has been going on in our life that would want to cause to uh, bring our attention to something else. Lord, would you just remove that right now in Jesus' name? Just have your way in Jesus' name. And in every aspect of this service, Lord, I just choose to get out of your way. Holy Spirit, would you just come? Would you just fill this place with your presence and your power? And we uh, we just invite you to speak to our hearts exactly where it is that you're calling us into. We put you first in church. Hmm. We put you first right now. You're our priority, Lord. Have your way. Amen. Ephesians 2.14. I'm going to be reading from the message version of the Bible. So um, it'll be up here on the screen, but feel free to read along in your Bible if you'd like. The Messiah has made things up between us so that we no longer are on this both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders. He tore down the wall we used to keep to keep each other at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Then he started over. Instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everyone. How many of you enjoy that God gives us a fresh start? In Jesus Christ, he creates a brand new fresh start. Our old life is gone, and in Christ, we have a brand new life. Man, that was so um, uh, monumental in, in my journey with Jesus because I would always want to drag my old life in and go, I'm not approved. I, I don't really fit in. But what the Bible says and what Paul's saying to this church, in in the church, he was actually speaking to people that definitely would say, like, okay, I'm not of Jewish custom. I haven't kept Jewish religion. And so, therefore, I'm not an insider. I'm an outsider. And so Paul was constantly fighting against this, that we're all invited to be insiders. You are an insider. You're inside the kingdom of God. What Jesus Christ did for each one of us in this room, we are all invited in. 
We're an insider. And I think what's really important to that is a lot of times you feel like if, if Jesus is this distant person in our life and this really upset God in the sky who doesn't really like us but has to, it's really hard to say, like, Jesus, be my everything, isn't it? Because you're not really inside. You're, you're not a part of what he's doing. It feels like he's very distant. But what Paul says is that we're all insiders now. No matter your past, no matter your history, you are an insider. That Jesus invites us to the table. We can be a part of what he's doing. Have you ever been invited to a party that you didn't know if you were really invited to? <laughs> and you just show up, and it's kind of evident like you weren't really invited. I have. I do that a lot. <laughs> you're just kind of hanging out, and you're that guy like, oh, that tall, goofy guy's here. Hey, hey, man. Um, yeah, everybody's talking over here. <laughs> uh, was I invited, guys? I want to hang out. I want to be your friend. <laughs> so if this is our view of Jesus. It's really hard to be like, oh, Jesus is inviting me into this new life. He, he has a new life for me, and I can have him as my center. But if our view of Jesus is he, we're always invited, he's always calling us. He's always bringing us closer to himself. It's so much easier to go, okay, you know what, Jesus, I want you at the center of my life because I know you know what's best for my life. I know you have direction for it. I know you have purpose. Let's keep reading. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of hostility. Christ came and preached peace to the outsiders and peace to us insiders. He treated us as equals, so we are made, he, so he made us equals. Through him, we both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. Would you say that with me? Have equal access to the Father. Think of everyone you know, and then say that same exact phrase. Have equal access to the Father. We all have equal access to the Father. Access to the Father. The Father, the creator of heaven and earth, gave us access to his heart. A lot of times when I think of access, I think of a key in my pocket that I can actually like go in a house, right? And so um, sometimes very in my upbringing and stuff, I would think of I would have access to the father's house. Like I could go and hang out on his porch. Like he kind of likes me enough to that I can, I can hang out on his porch and maybe if he comes outside and I can be like, hey, dad, how's it going? But what this actually means is his access, it means to his heart. It means to the Father's heart that we have access to the Father's heart. Not just to be around him and kind of know him, but to know him as our Father. The best Father we could ever ask for have access to that. He gave each and every one of us equal access. That's why Jesus says you are brother and sister. I no longer call you people that don't know God. I now call you friends because we all have access to the Father. And so the more that we're around the Father, the more we become like him. 
Have you ever noticed that when you're around somebody, you start to say the same phrases and start to dress the same? Me and Amy always dress the same. I'm like, you need to go change. I don't want to be that couple. But we don't. We like it now. Don't we? Okay. That's the way it is with the Father. The more that we're in the Father's love, the more we get to know His heart, the more we become like Him. We stop stressing. The Father is not stressed. He is not stressed about the situation any of us in this room are in. I don't know what I'm going to do. The more we know the Father, the more we blow up less. Can I get an amen on that? Wouldn't that be great not to have to retract your words all the time? (laughs) We have equal access to the Father's heart. We get to know him more and more. Life becomes this journey of knowing the Father's heart for us more and more every single day. when we put Jesus as the center. Because he's how we have access. It's through Jesus Christ. Let's keep reading. Verse 19. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, you belong here? Go ahead and tell them on both sides. You belong here. You belong here. Isn't that a good feeling? You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as ever anyone, God is building a home. He's using all, irrespective of how we got there and what he is building. I love that part. (laughs) I get so wrapped up in like what got me here, but God is not wrapped up with my past. He's wrapped up with my future. No matter how I got to this place that I can finally go, I have access to the Father. He's not so concerned with, oh, man, it was, you know, Neil, it's been 25 years of your life that you spent, like, not accessing the Father and doing your own thing. But now he gave us access. And so, like, as soon as we say, yes, Jesus, what happens is our old life is an old life, and we have this brand new life in Jesus Christ that's full of hope in peace. It doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter how you got here today and what brought you in the door. You belong here. It doesn't matter your past. God is concerned with your future. He loves your future. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation, and now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone with Christ Jesus as a cornerstone that holds all parts together. With Christ Jesus as the cornerstone, and it holds all parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple being built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. 
I just love that picture that God has used the apostles, he's used the prophets, he's used the Old Testament, and he uses the New Testament, and he's piecing all these pieces together and putting Jesus as the cornerstone of all of our lives. And we all have a place as part of the holy temple of God, which the holy temple of God resides inside of our hearts. But I love that, like, we're a part of this vision that God had for his church that he's used the apostles and he's using you and me. And he puts Jesus Christ as a cornerstone and he's fitting us in brick by brick. Oh, I made this person with these special abilities and these giftings. That's the brick, that's the space for them. And we have purpose in our life. I love this idea of a cornerstone too, because if you look at an archway, the very top piece is the cornerstone of an archway. And so like each brick is fitted in there, but with Jesus Christ as the center, because the most pressure of an archway Everything hinges on that one stone being solid because when that collapses, the entire archway falls apart. And so what Paul says is that we are made in this archway that Christ is building, but he put Jesus as the thing that we can all rest on, that whenever we get stressed, Jesus doesn't crack under pressure. Can I get an amen? Isn't that good to know that we can go to him with everything going on in our life? And it's like, Jesus is like, oh, man, that's just, that's too much. <laughs> you got a lot going on. But he fit us in as this archway that he's creating, which is the holy temple of God, that each one of us get to have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Jesus lives inside of us. And he's using our lives as this overall beautiful painting of reconciling sin from Genesis through Jesus Christ. This is why we need Jesus as the cornerstone. This is why Jesus gets priority over everything and anything. Because when we put our hope and our trust in something else, it cracks. And we're left picking up the pieces. A couple of ways to do this is to create a culture of putting Jesus first. Create a culture. You have access to create your own culture. You can be invited into a culture. Like at your workplace, if it's really, really busy and everybody's stressed out, you're invited into the culture of being stressed out and busy, aren't you? But you can go into your workplace creating your own culture. And so create a culture of Jesus Christ first. It's him number one, the priority of life. So when something comes up against that, you can actually go, no, nope, like that interferes with that. And what I mean to say is Sunday. I mean to say Sunday morning. Let me just like be really honest. Like when, when this time right here, we need reminders of what Jesus Christ does in our life. We need reminders of the culture that Jesus has invited us into. And so gathering together and singing these songs, you know what, I'll raise a hallelujah even in the worst storm going on in my life. We need these constant reminders. And so when something interferes with the culture that you're creating, you know what, Sundays are sacred to me. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I've quit jobs because they wanted me to work Sundays. I have. I've had lots of opportunities to work at Deer that was like going to take me away from Sunday mornings. My, my uh, grandpa was some big wig at John Deere, and I turned him down. I made that decision when I was 20. I was like, no, I, I, I'm not working Sundays. 
You can create that culture. We need that reminder. We need each other to remember that. That special time with the Lord in the morning. You know, to spend that time, okay, Facebook or Jesus? Hmm, which one is fulfilling? It's always the right answer in church. You can't go wrong, even in city kids and out here. Is our first morning thought, I wonder what so-and-so did last night. Is that our first thought, or is it Jesus? Create that culture in your home. Create that culture with you and the Lord. I wonder how bad Neil really did sing that song. I'm going to go find it. It's deleted. I took it off. After two tables left, I was done. I'll never sing again. Creating a culture, Jesus first, Jesus, you're everything, you're, you're my number one priority. Second way of creating a culture is to walk it out. You know, it's uh, Eugene Peterson who wrote the message version of the Bible said discipleship is a long obedience in the same direction. I think that's the hardest thing, isn't it? Okay, this is what God's invited me into. I'm going to continue to follow him. Did you know that you are being pulled left and right in life? And sometimes backwards. So walking it out, just constantly saying, you know what, Jesus, I just choose to put you first. Even in this new relationship, Jesus, I'm going to choose to put you first. Hey, by the way, I know we just started dating. Do you know Jesus? Can I be a... (laughs) Let me preach for a second. Do you know Jesus? Because, like, he's my everything. So for us to move forward, we're going to, like, we both need to have Jesus at the center. No amens. All right, that's fine. (laughs) You guys don't like what I'm saying. Last thing is this is, I think with a message like this, what I wanted to be really clear of and what I've learned in the last six years of, of writing messages is I always want to invite people into this like radical thing, you know, like put Jesus first and then you need to move and like you need to get away and you need to, you know, like all these radical things. What Jesus asked for today is simply a step in his direction. To just say, you know what, Jesus, just a heart that says, I'm going to choose to put you first. I want you to be first in my life. Whatever that looks like today and then tomorrow and the next day, I'm going to just constantly try to choose you first, Jesus. And that's the invite this morning, guys. Jesus, will you be my everything? You have number one priority of my heart. I'm going to choose to just trust you as my firm foundation. Just a heart to say yes. It's amazing what God does with hearts that just say yes. Like, yes, Jesus. Whether it's your first time or whether it's your hundredth time. Yes, Jesus. So I'd love for us to do that today. Are you okay to do that? We'll stand up and um, we're just going to close with a prayer. Have your way, God.
have your way, Lord. Hey, can you, are you back there? Yeah. Um, can you play uh, the chorus of miracles? All right. Hmm. Yes, Lord, we, uh, I just pray for every single marriage in this room. Lord, uh, just as our hearts just say uh, yes to you, Lord, would you be the centerpiece of our marriage from here on out? No matter what the past has looked like, it doesn't matter. But from here on out, we just choose to put you in the center of our marriage. In any relationships in this room, Lord, would we just choose to put you at the center of any relationship with nothing come between us and you? We thank you that you satisfy, Lord. So any relationships that we have, whether it's friendships or whether it's uh, dating or whether it's just moving forward um, in, in a relationship with someone, Lord, we, just, we just choose to say yes to you, Jesus. Would you be the center of our relationship? Lord, I also just pray for any parents in this room as, as uh, our kids go through lots and ups and downs, lots of ups and downs. And so if we've, if we've placed our kids at the center of our household, Lord, we just choose to put you back in the centerpiece of our house. Would you be our firm foundation even over our kids? Would you be our everything, Lord? Jesus, have it all. Have it all, Jesus. Have every aspect of our life. Have your way. We choose you, Jesus. From this moment forward, we choose you, Jesus. give us a new life and what you did on the cross is, is you died for all of our mistakes you took them all on yourself so that we can have access to the father once and for all and so if there's anybody in this room that you, you um, have just been trying to um, find access trying to find something that's peaceful find find something that's relevant in life and tangible I just want to invite you this morning, if you've never put your hope in Jesus Christ, today's the day to do that. Don't put it off. Don't wait. It's just time not spent well. It's just, it's wasted time to just spend all this time away from the Lord and, and just choose to put Jesus Christ as your number one priority in life. So I just invite you right now, if that's you for the very first time, if you want to just say, yep, I want to put Jesus as number one, I want to take on this brand new life that he offers. I need Jesus for the very first time. If this is your very first time, I just want you to raise your hand. Just go ahead and raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to start following Jesus today. Amen. 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 Very cool. Well, Lord, for everyone else in this room, Lord, we just choose to put you first. Have your way. Be our everything, Lord. With tomorrow morning, we just choose to say yes to you, Jesus. We take that step in the right direction into your direction. Have your way. Just as we were singing this uh, last the song earlier, I just really felt like there's some people in this room that just desperately need a miracle. Like a serious, I need a miracle today. 
I need a miracle over marriage. I need a miracle over my finances. I need a miracle job to come up, an opportunity. I need a miracle house. I need a miracle group of people that would just love me and accept me. I need a miracle this morning. And so what I would love for us to do as we were singing these words in the song, I was like, do I believe this song? You know, the Lord is like, Neil, do you believe this? Like we sing a lot of songs. They're up there on the cool projector screen and stuff. It's like, yeah, that's cute. Cute. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, But like, do you believe it? Do you believe he's a God of miracles? And so what I'd love for us to do is just sing that from your heart this morning. Let your soul just be overwhelmed with this God who loves you so much that he paid the ultimate price to have this relationship with you that you can just put your hope and trust in a miracle. Whatever your miracle is this morning, it is not too big for God. It is not too big for him to accomplish. He has plans and he comes through time after time and time after time. The Bible is full of stories of God providing miracles for people. So if you need a miracle this morning, just invite you as we sing this song, I just want you to to just step into that with faith and authority. I believe in you. You're a God of miracles, whatever that may be for you this morning. And what we're going to do is you're going to sing it. So like I said, I will never sing again. No. You're going to sing it. It's simple. I'll get you started on the note. Ready? I believe in you.
Let's sing that again. I believe the Lord's just awakening hearts. God who was. hope and our trust in you Jesus we truly believe that you are the way you are the truth and you are the life just take that stand this morning we just trust you with anything we've walked in with that's just been a burden or a fear we just put it in your hands you are a cornerstone Jesus have your way amen amen I love you guys I love our time together uh, let's just say this verse as we leave this place. And I'd love to see you next week, next Sunday. Come back, bring a friend. We have extra chairs. And so, uh, yeah, let's just say this verse together. Ready? Therefore, go and make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Be blessed. Hey, if you're a first-time guest, please stop over at Guest Central. We'd love to meet you, give you a free t-shirt. Uh, be blessed and hope to see you guys next week. Have a great week.